I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This episode of Let's Talk About Brand was initially broadcast as a live stream in 2020. It has been edited from its original format. everyone, I'm Christine Gritman, and this is Let's Talk About Brand. I do this show every single Friday at 12 noon Eastern, where I talk to awesome people about personal branding. And today's really exciting because we have four guests on today. We have uh, the 360 Marketing Squad, which is a group of four incredibly well-accomplished professionals on the, in their own right, teaming up together, and they're going to be here today talking about branding a collaboration. The 360 Marketing Squad, the four of them, we have Mike Alton, content and blogging expert Mike Alton blogs as the blogging brute, also the social media hat, and he's also the brand evangelist for Agora Pulse. Uh, Instagram expert Jen Herman goes by Jen's Trends. She has literally written the book on Instagram many times over. We also have Facebook Live expert Stephanie Liu, who is the reason I'm on Ecamm, which is amazing. And she's known for her Lights Camera Live training programs, blog, and live stream. She's also a neuro-linguistic programming um, trainer. And then we also have Facebook ads, chat box, and analytics expert Amanda Robinson, aka The Digital Gal. Together, they are the 360 Marketing Squad, running an incredible private membership group full of trainings and tips and just incredible strategies. So check that out. And uh, their most recent collaboration, along with co-author Eric Buto, is... Bum, 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 the Ultimate Guide to Social Media Marketing along with Entrepreneur Press. So let me welcome our amazing guests on without any further ado. Hey, 360 Marketing Squad. Hey, Hey. great to see everybody. Hi. Good to see all of you. All right, so we are going to jump right in because in addition to my questions for you, we also have a bunch of questions that my audience on our Tuesday uh, chat about brand Twitter chat wanted to ask you guys. So we're going to jump right in. So first of all, I would love to hear the the origin story here of how the four of you came together. Mike, take it yes, away. The real origin story or the Marvel origin story? Whatever you got. <laughs> yeah, I'll start if anybody wants to pick up. Um, yeah, it was at uh, Social Media Marketing World uh, 2018, uh, where Jen introduced me to Stephanie. Stephanie, and I had met uh, online about a year pr- prior to that, but we hadn't met in person yet. And a month later, Steph and I were both speaking at MDMC here in St. Louis. We got to hang out and get to know each other a lot better at that particular conference. And in our conversations, we both kind of came to the conclusion that uh, we needed a personal mastermind group. I've been part of some mastermind groups up until then, and those had fallen apart recently. 
just stopped meeting. And we wanted that support group, that mechanism to connect with other people, other colleagues and professionals in the space that we could relate to. And we both knew Jen obviously very well. And all three of us had young daughters. So the three of us formed initially just a personal group where we could share the, the challenges and things that we were going through and start to collaborate. And that's what kind of spawned the idea of the 360 Marketing Squad. Who wants to take it from there? Jen. All right, I'll do it. Uh, so yeah, so from that point, uh, like Mike said, we were, it was the three of us and we started talking about doing a membership because all of us had wanted to do one. Uh, but the idea of running our own memberships by ourselves and all of the work and all of the management that goes into a membership was overwhelming. But we were like, hey, if we partnered up, it would be a lot less work for each individual to have to kind of manage. And we could give more value to each of our audiences because we have our own individual unique areas of expertise. And as we started thinking about it, we realized we wanted to do something along the lines of 360 degrees, which would mean we would probably want a fourth person to cover that other component, which the three of us weren't necessarily experts at. And that was that kind of the paid advertising and the analytics side. And we all agreed that Amanda would be the perfect fit uh, to do that. So we roped her into the chaos that, that was our lives. <laughs> and that was how we formed 360. I love it. So thank you so much for telling that story so concisely. <laughs> um, someone asked, how is this only going to be half an hour? We are going to make it work. Um, I'm asking just a few questions so that everyone has their chance to speak. <laughs> all right. So you have all, all four of you, each of you has a very strong personal brand. You're all four very accomplished people with personal brands. So how have you joined them together in a way that doesn't water any of them down, but also doesn't have any one star standing out? Like, how did you figure out how to brand 360 Marketing Squad? Wait, you mean I'm not the star that stands out above all of them? I mean, sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't agree with the premise of the question. <laughs> but in all honesty, Mike, we, we always say that Mike is the glue that holds us together. He's the one that keeps us all sane. So uh, I don't know, our brands, our brand, each of us have our own superpowers in our own arena of digital marketing and social media. So when it comes to how everything just interlays and plays so nicely together between all of our brands. For example, Jen speaks on organic tactics. And as soon as someone asks her a paid ads question, she's like, you got to talk to this girl over here. As soon as someone asks, how do I uh, up my game on live streaming? We point the finger right over at Stephanie. As soon as someone wants to know, okay, content, how do I start, uh, how do I start producing more content that's going to move the needle for for it. We point the finger right at Mike. It's just it. We have a solution for everything among the four of us, and it is it really does make us feel like a complete superpower squad, and it just makes a lot of sense together. So it's been it it's good. So as far as personal brands go, the strength of our individual personal brands makes the group of us that much more able to help everyone. It, it, we, we each amplify with our own audiences. And then when that comes together, it's like this cataclysmic, magic, awesome digital marketing sauce. And it's all encapsulated in that one book. I love that so much. And that leads perfectly into the next question, which is that 360 Marketing Squad has been a private membership group where members can go and get tips and get trainings and really get supported in all areas of digital marketing. So uh, you then decided to spin the partnership out into this awesome book. So I'm wondering, two-parter, first of all, how did you decide to spin it out into a book? And secondly, um, are there plans for more things beyond the group and beyond this book? 
Stephanie. <laughs> <laughs> you need to talk. You can't sit here in silence. It's my turn, isn't it? You're um, up. <laughs> so when it comes to the book, as far as delegating who's going to take care of the content, I think that was really easy to do because we're all content creators in our own right. So if someone wants to talk about strategy, Jen does fantastic presentations from Soup to Nuts all about strategy. Paid media, of course, you would tap Amanda and so on and so forth, especially with Mike being the glue that holds us all together. And so it was really once we had the table of contents, it's like, oh, here's your homework. Boop. Here you go. Boop, boop. And it was really easy for us because if you had asked me to write about chatbots, I'm like, oh, my God, I don't want to do that. Right. So we delegated the topics by who's most passionate about those specific topics. As far as like what's next in the future, I think we've all just been kind of in our own little private mastermind have been saying like, what are our plans for 2021? Like, what is it that we want to do? Because the book in and of itself has opened so many opportunities, right? Like Mike is now VIP contributing over to entrepreneur.com. And I think all of us have done like webinars at this point. And so that's really a jumping off point for the next thing for us. We've, I think, <laughs> I think there was even like an internal joke. Remember, we're all like, hey, we need to write the ultimate guide to launching a book. <laughs> I mean, and Jen and I made that joke of where it's like, do you remember what it was like giving birth to a child? And then you totally forget about it. Like that is happening right oh, that, now. Let's that is like, Mike, always my analogy, right? Writing a book is equivalent of, you know, going through childbirth. But yeah. And so we, we literally had joked about that. And yeah, you know, we, we did joke about you know, whether or not we would write a book about launching a book. Cause we had, thanks to, I'm going to throw, you know, Mike and Stephanie the bone on this one. Thanks to their amazing uh, planning and coordination. The, the launch strategy that, that we put together to launch the book was something unlike anything I had ever seen and anything I like I'd done on any other, the books that I had written or seen from anybody else in our industry. So we, we jokingly said that, but you know, you never know crazier things have happened. <laughs> I wasn't joking. I'm for a Jen and Amanda live reality show. <laughs> oh my I goodness. Well, I love that. I personally would rather write a book than uh, give birth again, but I haven't written a book yet, so who knows? <laughs> like, uh, the only thing you and I have in common right now is neither of us have actually birthed anything. So we're... Good call, you, know, you guys. Good call. Stay, stay strong with me here. <laughs> Um, so this is not the only collaboration any of you have done. Each of you has had other collaborations with people. Um, so in your opinion, and I'm going to take this one by one, in your opinion, what makes for a good on-brand collaboration partner? Like, what do you look for? And uh, whoever wants to go first, be bold. Sure, I'll go. So I've had situations where I go, eh, not for me, where I've tried to collaborate with other brands. And what I have found is that certain brands are, they, they have an only in it for me um, viewpoint mm -hmm. where they, what they're, where there's tension, there's push and pull, but it's, it's trying to take from you and not give back to you. And when there's a really natural fit, it's a win-win for both parties, completely a hundred percent equal across the board. It's a, it's a full win and it's collaborative. It's, it, there's a lot of brainstorming and energy and excitement, and there's just a sizzle that happens when it's a good fit. So it shouldn't be hard. It doesn't have to be hard to have a brand collaboration. That's my opinion. I love that. Who is <laughs> up next? I was going to say that, you know, for me, it's making sure that they are well aligned with you and your brand, your brand style, your brand voice, your brand audience. 
you don't want somebody that is a direct competitor to what you do because that can get a little bit it can get competitive it can be well you're taking my fish in the sea you know so you want someone that's aligned and that's one of the things that especially with the four of us even though we're all in the same space we are not competitors we don't look at ourselves as competitors we complement each other in all of our strengths but even when working with large brands when working with other people that i've collaborated with it's important that their target audience is something that is relevant to my goal and vice versa, that my audience is, is relative to their goals, but that we have an alignment in terms of how we speak, how we teach, how we you know produce content, because if, if those aren't in alignment, it starts again being a really hard problem with creating that content, who's gonna market it, when it's gonna get marketed. And that was something that again, when the four of us came together, we all have a very similar mentality in terms of sales, in terms of marketing, in terms of ultimate goals, that we don't have one person over here getting resentful because we're not achieving or we're not working hard enough. We all have the same mentality and that's really important when you pick that team. Love that. That is so important to be aligned on goals, on audience, making sure everybody benefits. Mike, Steph? Oh, you know, I'll say that it's helpful to make sure that it's a win-win situation. Like when I when I partnered with Ecamm and we did the leap into live streaming, we had the shared vision that we wanted to help people take the leap into live streaming. And so that was really cool. And then in working with Katie, who's absolutely amazing, I was like, my superpower is in creating content. As far as like project management and setting up Hey Summit, would you like to do that? And she's like, oh, I'm so all about that. I was like, okay, cool. That's that, that's you, you do that. But then I think the other thing is also noticing how they want to market the collaboration. Yeah. And for example, if someone's like, I need you to constantly email your audience, I'm like, no, that's not me. Mm -mm. That's a good thing to be aligned on. Absolutely. Because if it's collaborative, you know what? That reflects on you. The way that they choose to market it reflects on you. All right, Mike. <laughs> yeah. And just to just to add to what, what Stephanie just said, in addition to making sure that it's a win-win, I like to try to make sure that the brands or individual influencers that I'm partnering with, they really want whatever it is that that we're hoping to accomplish. I, I work with influencers all the time and sometimes they it it's a win for them, but they don't really want it. And when you're asking somebody to put time and energy and passion into something, if they don't really, really want it, it's just not gonna be there. Like you take our our personal mastermind group that was just our, you know, the four of us, our support group, there's a time investment in there and there's an emotional investment in there, right? And getting to know each other and support each other and, you know, hop on Zoom calls and that sort of thing. And if we'd had somebody in the group that didn't really feel like they needed us, maybe, you know, they were at a different point in their career and they didn't feel like they needed that kind of support, maybe they'd show up, maybe they wouldn't, right? They wouldn't necessarily give to the group the way that everybody else is giving. So I like to view collaborations that same way to make sure that whenever possible, everybody not only wins, they win big. That is beautiful, and I love it. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. 
Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. All right, well, this week we got a bunch of questions for you on the chat, which is always exciting. So first up, Chelsea at Review Trackers would love to know, what are some ways to get on the radar of brands you want to collaborate with and work with? Yeah, so I'll... (laughs) We have thoughts on this. (laughs) Mike, you go, because this makes more sense for you. (laughs) Yeah, this is is what I wrote about in the book. Uh, This is what I do every day. Influencer marketing, relationship building. And I think that is the easiest, most natural, organic way to make those inroads into brands that you might want to work with perhaps as an influencer, as a brand ambassador even. And that is to engage with those brands, talk about those brands, and not seek payment or compensation or anything like that, you're building a relationship naturally. And that's where social media becomes such an easy tool and an easy route to do that. You can go to their Twitter account or their Facebook page and you can make yourself known just as you, Christine, have done with me with Agora Pulse, right? You show up in our lives, you show up in our group, you show up, which is so key into any kind of relationship. And that gets noticed, right? We've got our Friday show with a Pulse that happens in a little bit. And people show up to that live every single week. And Jennifer, our host, she sees them, she calls them out. And some of those people have now become guests on the show. Some of those have even become uh, influencers <laughs> for Agora Pulse, And it's all due to the relationships that they kicked off by being present. Absolutely. Now, who's up next? I know you were all excited to answer this. <laughs> I'll, I'll jump in. Um, I was going to say, you know, it's really important that kind of to, you know, dovetail off what Mike was saying to build the relationships with those brands. You you can't just send an email to a brand and be like, hey, I want to work with you or even anybody else collaboratively. Um, I recently had somebody send me something about her book and it's somebody I know, but there was no context. And I'm like, I don't I don't know what you want me to do with this. Like, there, there was no preface. There was no, hey, I'm writing this book and this is what it's about and I want you to be a part of it. It was just a, a cold pitch email. I'm like, what? Like, you need to form those relationships and you need to have those conversations. And that can be done via email. It can be done via direct message. It can be done via, you know, Zoom or phone call at some point. But you do have to start, to Mike's point, by showing up liking their content, leaving comments, sending them a DM and thanking them for doing something, sharing information, sharing something valuable, whatever it is, get on their radar as an actual person. And then from there, start fostering those relationships, start looking into who are the people that book their podcast? You know, are they a team of one or do they have 20 people on that team? Do they have people that, you know, are doing live shows that are doing podcasts that are doing, you know, webinars, find out who those people are and start looking to foster those relationships as well. Because even though you may be active on their social, their social media manager may have nothing to do with the person who books their podcast that you want to get on. And you can be the best social media presence and still get nowhere for getting on that podcast interview. So do that research if that's who you want to work with. And that's where when you pick those two or three brands that you really want to work with and you build those relationships, you get great 
return in terms of those relationships. We're not sending out mass pitches to 22, you know, 50 different, you know, types of brands hoping that somebody wants to work with us because those are never going to be those those relationships that Mike was talking about, those passionate ones, the people who really want to be involved. You're better off picking those small handful of brands that you really want to work with and build those relationships over time to the point where they become very valuable. Perfection. All right. Does anyone else want to handle this or should I move on to the next question? Move on to the next one. <laughs> all right. I feel, like I, I feel so bad for like the other people like, wait a second. <laughs> it's all good. The next one is from Linda Ray. What worked for you when building your brand that you least expected? Oh, Amanda. <laughs> all right. Amanda's up. Go Canada. What worked for me when building my brand I least expected? Um, I would say... I, I don't. I rebranded. I so I worked for four years in my business with the wrong brand name. It didn't fit, and I just didn't have my stride. And then when I finally rebranded to the name that fit me, which is the Digital Gal, I rebranded and I embraced the pink. I just took it all in. I'm like, all right, this is me. As soon as I found something that really just resonated with, honestly, like I just have pink everything everywhere on my desk. Here. <laughs> You're like me with yeah. red. <laughs> And then, and then on top of that, what I started doing is I started sprinkling my pink across the internet like Skittles everywhere as far as it comes to um, getting branded stickers and getting branded, just putting my brand on everything. Like legit, I have my brand. I can't even show you. I have my brand on my computer dongles for my Mac. Like I have it everywhere. So embracing the brand all in is something I couldn't do when the brand name wasn't the right fit. When it was like, eh, like if it's. I'm not saying that I would tattoo the digital gal on me. I won't, but it's close enough. Whereas the old brand name, heck no. I nah. And even just putting my name out there with the old brand, it just felt like a, it felt like an awkward, like an awkward baby deer that couldn't walk properly. It just Aww. didn't fit. I just did not have my stride. And then when, I, when the brand name, Mike, you probably, you can't see Mike right now. He's dying laughing in the background here. Um, <laughs> But once I found my brand, once I found the brand that clicked with me, <laughs> I also was making me laugh. Um, once I found the brand that clicked with me, it it just felt like somebody let me run at full tilt the way I wanted to. And it just felt, it felt so good. And it started taking off so quickly. Um, as far as people, people just had brand recognition happening left, right and center. And they, it feels like they thought I was that brand for all of the years that I had been in business. And like, you know, when you found the right fit, when? Love that. All right, Stephanie, you dodged the last one. You up for this one? Sure. Oh, God. Wait. What? <laughs> oh, God, what is that? Okay. Yeah. So live streaming, honestly, was a big surprise to me because I had always been an ad agency veteran, right? I was in the trenches doing social media, paid media, and all of that stuff. And when I started live streaming, then the first event organizer, Amanda, Amanda Nelson, had reached out, and I think, Jen, you're on the same conference, right, Social VidCon, and she said, can you come and, and talk about live streaming? And I was like, me? <laughs> and OBS? Like, I am now an expert in OBS? That was the part where I didn't really realize the power of live streaming. And ever since then, it's just been this fast pass into getting into, like, a key decision maker's you know, hey, I want you on this project or I need you to produce this event. So live streaming in and of that sense was wow. So it's cool. I love it. All right. I got the last and biggest and possibly best question from Mary Ann. She has a question for each of you. 
And I know Jen saw hers already on Twitter. So Mike, <laughs> Marion wants to know from you, what is your favorite thing about Agora Pulse? My favorite thing, there's a couple things. I, I can't I can't pick just one because there's two different aspects. Agora Pulse, the company, it's all about the people and the culture inside. I've worked with a lot of different companies. I, I came from an online website builder company. I was the CMO of a whole different company. And coming to Agora Pulse, was just a night and day difference in terms of how the company is led, the vision of the company, the culture that's created inside the teamwork and everything. It's amazing. From the tool itself, I have to say the category cues, being able to create a category of a type of post and then create different time slots and then just fill that queue like a bucket and have that content go out on a set schedule, hands off, you can pause, you can shuffle the queue, you can delete it, you can move stuff around. It's it's one of my favorite features. And it's one of those kind of almost a mind blowing feature often when I show people, hey, this is how you can do that. This is how you can replicate almost every other publishing feature on any other tool, just use the category cues. That is beautiful. All right, so next up, we have a question for Jen. Jen, your high heels are a fabulous part of your brand, and I can vouch that the high heels and the long nails, they are always a thing. <laughs> so uh, are you still wearing heels, doing all that stuff while working from home? The heels, no. They are unfortunately getting very dusty and neglected. <laughs> I have literally a whole shoe wall, so I see them every day, um, and I kind of pine after them and, you know, wait for the day when I'll be able to wear them. On occasion, yes, you know, I'll slip on a pair of heels if I'm going out, but let's face it, most of my excursions are to the grocery store, so that's still flip-flops, <laughs> and I really don't have a, a good reason to, to wear the heels. But yeah, the nails, uh, I started doing my nails in COVID, so I bought the entire kit I got the, the drill, the acrylics, the, the gels, the UV lamp and everything. And I've, I've managed to be doing my own nails for the last, you know, seven months or whatever, because I refused to give those up. So at least I kept that. <laughs> I love your own Jen Herman nail polish line. Yes, <laughs> you need thing. that. Jen's, Jen's nail trends. There you Aww, go. There you go. All right. Hey, Stephanie, you are up next. Marianne wants to know what is your number one live tip? My number one live tip? Have fun. Have fun. It's one of those things where live streaming to me is like improv. You're just going to have to say yes, and that just happened, and we're just going to keep going. So have fun while you're doing it, because if you're stressed out, you're stressing out your viewers. <laughs> I so, like that. I mean, you might not see us all in the green room, but like when one of us is speaking, we're just like, yeah, you go, girl. Yeah, go, Jen. <laughs> what? Yeah. Like, have fun because then your viewers are going to have fun watching you too. There's so many like distractions out there, things that are like emotional vampires. Have fun. Be that entertainment that your viewers want to see, especially on a Friday. So cheers. Cheers. Preach it. Launch it. Can, I, can right. I just say I was watching Stephanie have fun. Was it yesterday or when, when you were... When you were live streaming, you were double live streaming. You were going live and then you were going live again on your page. You were meta living. Well, yes. <laughs> well, beta testing products. It was just like, I love you for that. I just like mind blown and you're having fun. Your audience is having fun. I'm like, this is how it should be. This is how it should be. And you are last but certainly not least Amanda Robinson, the digital gal. What is the best ROAS, return on ad spend, that you have achieved? And you don't need actual data here if you know the numbers handy, but sort of how you got there. 
That's actually one that I won't even touch on because the majority <laughs> of businesses that I help are small and medium-sized businesses who have a difficult time. Uh, they don't have products that you can add to cart and then have a return on ad spend. You can't tie it one-to-one. -one. Mm -hmm. So you have to get creative with different types of strategies that can still prove that it is working and prove that it is bringing revenue into the business, but you can't actually tie it into a ROAS. So I'm the, I'm the person that people who can't achieve a ROAS, I'm the person they come to. <laughs> All right. And what are some of the best ways to, to kind of, if they're going for visibility, whatever it is, that's sort of that more nebulous measurement. Um, I don't know, Sarah, do you have a pet strategy that you sort of love? So what I, what I say to most people, what I recommend is when you're starting out, Mike Alton is making me laugh in the background again. <laughs> um, what I highly recommend is start your strategy Start, like, layer it on. So set your goals smaller and achieve those goals, then layer on bigger goals. So when it comes to, um, when it comes to, when you first start advertising, start going for reach, engagement, and video views. Once you can consistently increase those numbers and achieve your goals and how you can move that forward, then start layering on, okay, now I want to get traffic to my website. Once you can start achieving that, then start layering, layering on, okay, now I want some conversions. But most people are going from zero to try to get conversions then their ads don't work for them, then they get frustrated and they fall off. So it's it's a matter of kind of layering on those expectations. I love it. All right. Thank you so very, very, very much today to the 360 Marketing Squad. Anyone who wants this book, and trust me, you want this book, um, can get it at, uh, what? How, where can they get it, you guys? I think we have the link in the comments, but where can we get it? Yeah, socialmediabook.shop socialmediabook.shop. I knew it was something handy like that. I have it handy in the comments. Thank you, Jen Cole. <laughs> but yeah, socialmediabook.shop. You can get it. You should get it. Um, thank you so much to Mike Alton, Jen Herman, Amanda Robinson, and Stephanie Liu. Links to all of their profiles are in the comments. And again, I am Christine Gritman. I am here every single Friday at 12 noon Eastern time with awesome guests. I'm also on Twitter on Tuesdays, uh, having a Twitter chat, chat about brand on the same topic as my Friday live stream guest will be talking about. And so next week, Tuesday the 20th, our topic is going to be personalizing a brand, adding sort of a human touch to a consumer brand. And the reason we we're talking about that is because on Friday, we we're talking to someone who's done that very, very well. Chocolate Johnny. Chocolate Johnny is getting up at 3 a.m. in Australia to talk to us about, he built his own personal brand, which brought attention to his family's chocolate company, Perfection Chocolates, which then also further brought attention to his personal brand. It's been a whole great mutual beneficial situation. So we're gonna talk about personalizing a brand next week. Thanks for joining me, bye. Thanks for listening to Let's Talk About Brand, part of the Adweek Podcast Network and Acast Creator Network. This podcast was produced by Christine Gritman, executive produced by Al Manorino and John Heil, and edited by Christine Gritman. You can listen and subscribe to all of Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com slash podcasts. Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcasts. And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, send us an email at podcast at adweek.com.